welcome to this Urban Innovative Actions podcast on just transitions, making green cities accessible and affordable to all. In this series, we explore the main issues and barriers preventing everybody to benefit from the green transition in European cities. We also share concrete examples and practices from four European cities which address these challenges. Indeed, it has become clear that the social impact of climate adaptation and mitigation policies is increasing and that there is a growing need to reconcile social justice and environmental sustainability goals. Cities have a clear role to play in achieving these goals. Yet, amongst the barriers cities face to address just transitions, we can cite the following. From the side of the municipalities, there is the lack of data and knowledge on vulnerable groups and the main issues they face. Too often, municipalities do not fully grasp the issues at stake, nor the current situation, the neighborhood concerned, the people concerned, the implications for the neighborhoods and their residents, the short and long-term effects on society and the climate. For example, women use public transport more and in a different way to men which prevents them from making the most of existing services. However, few cities have gender breakdowns on service use and better data is needed. Another barrier is the difficulty with reaching out vulnerable groups. For some cities, it is difficult to identify who these vulnerable groups are or to communicate with them in a way that is meaningful to them. There might also be a lack of bridges or intermediaries, such as NGOs, mediators, translators, to reach out to them. For example, in terms of energy poverty, migrants are often off the radar and there are barriers, such as language, culture, trust, knowledge, that limit their ability to benefit from public support. If we talk about the residents of cities themselves, another barrier is the lack of knowledge of the existing offer. It can be the case that the information on the proposed solution or service is not always known to potential beneficiaries. Communication channels might not be relevant or the information might not be understandable in a clear and meaningful way relevant to their needs. For example, renovation funds might not be widely communicated and might require individuals to look for the information which is not a given for some vulnerable people. If solutions fail to account for the realities and needs of the target groups, these people will have no interest in seeking to access them. For example, captive owners are specific types of low-income people who, although they own their homes, they cannot afford to renovate them and face increasing threats of energy poverty. They have specific characteristics, including specific financial, cultural or social difficulties with engaging in renovation work and they require targeted actions. In the remainder of this podcast, we share the experience of four European cities in ensuring nobody's left behind in green transition. Barcelona in Spain, Prato in Italy, Getafe in Spain and Ghent in Belgium. These cities have all benefited from a funding from the Urban Innovative Actions Programme to develop projects on climate adaptation, sustainable housing or sustainable energy. Our first guest is from the city of Barcelona in Spain, developing a specific sort of climate-friendly islands in the city accessible to all. The Blue, Green and Grey Adapting Schools to Climate Change project, also known as Climate Shelters, is a pilot experience launched by the Barcelona City Council and its partners to transform schoolyards and better adapt them to high temperatures, while creating a public climate shelter at the same time for citizens to use outside school hours. Barcelona is a compact city with 1.6 million residents that are particularly vulnerable to the heat island effect. The city's climate predictions show that heat waves are becoming more frequent, longer and stronger, 
making it urgent to adapt the city, especially for more vulnerable populations such as children, the elderly, and people with illnesses. Schools, which host a large number of children, around 120,000 throughout the school year, as well as summer camps, have a great impact potential as they are evenly distributed across the city's 10 districts. This project had a strong participatory component, where school communities played a crucial role in selecting solutions to be implemented from a catalogue of solutions that was created by experts, including blue solutions, related to water, green solutions, vegetation, and grey solutions, architectural and shadow elements. The pilot experience has become a local policy through the Let's Transform the Schoolyards program into naturalised, co-educative and communitarian yards. The program combines the lessons learned during the implementation of the pilot experience of climate shelters with Barcelona's plan for public space play to establish six criteria for a good schoolyard. 1. A valuable place for the learning experience, co-education and coexistence. 2. With a diversity of areas, as well as playful and creative activities. 3. In contact with nature, plants, sand and water. 4. Comfortable and connected with the surroundings. 5. With a balanced redistribution of spaces. 6. Including different uses for the community and the neighbourhood. The Let's Transform the Schoolyards programme has the aim to transform all public schoolyards of the city by 2030, reshaping an average of 15 schoolyards every year, and currently a total of 58 schools have already taken part in the participatory process to rethink their yards. In addition, the project has synergies with existing local policies such as the More Sustainable Schools program, which provides training and resources for sustainability culture in schools, and the Open Schoolyards program, which allows the schoolyard to be used during weekends and summers for the neighbourhood community as a safe space for community interrelation and leisure. In 2019, the Open Schoolyards programme had over 250,000 users in a network of 62 schools. From the end of June to the end of August 2022, the pilot schools alone had more than 11,000 users. The project directly contributed to the making the transitions affordable for all topic, as through it, the municipality was able to define criteria to include public schools into the climate shelters network. This criteria states that schools must be accessible and provide an area to sit and stay. Today, the network provides more than 200 public shelters for people to use during heat waves, within a 10 minutes walk for 95% of Barcelona's population. With Barcelona City Council's experience, other cities across the European Union which would like to apply similar projects should 1. Apply simple solutions that are easily replicated and can have a magnified impact, such as traditional ideas. 2. Make sure that the solutions applied serve multiple purposes, both throughout the different seasons of the year and or different times of the day. 3. And involve citizens through a participatory process getting the decision-making process as close as possible to citizens, opening debates, and creating spaces for the co-creation of interventions. Our second guest is Besnik Mehmeti from the city of Prato, Italy. He shares with us the experience of the PUSH project, developing green and climate-friendly urban planning solutions, beneficial to all, especially the most vulnerable ones. With more than 200,000 inhabitants, 
Prato is Tuscany's second largest city and the third largest in central Italy. Historically, Prato's economy has been based on the textile industry. Nowadays, it is one of the largest textile production centers in Europe, with 7,000 fashion companies amounting to around 2 billion euros of cities export. Like other European cities, the city of Prato is facing several challenges related to poor air quality, heat island effects, social exclusion, poverty and degraded urban environments. Next to this, Prato hosts many abandoned industrial sites, resulting from the economic crisis of the last 10 years. Therefore, Prato Urban Jungle tackles issues related to the urban environment and challenges connected to the climate crisis that many cities are currently facing by enhancing urban greening in the built environment, thus delivering direct and tangible environmental, economic and social benefits to the entire city. A Prato Urban Jungle project carries out urban regeneration by developing areas with a high density of green, the so-called urban jungles. Urban jungles are green redesigned areas Im immersed in the urban structure that multiply the natural capacity of plants to abate pollutants while restoring a new soil and space to community fruition, turning buildings into urban jungles. By doing so, Prat Urban Jungle aims to achieve two main objectives. The regeneration of disused and declining urban areas through the relocation of buildings and spaces to new, more creative and sustainable uses. The creation of community green hubs providing open spaces, social quarters and cultural nodes. The project has also supported initiatives to foster a new environmental culture and especially urban forestry. This has included a guidebook, workshops, a toolkit for teachers and green, and green apes, an app designed to promote sustainable behaviors through rewards targeting citizens, small commercial activities and grassroots organizations and partners employees. Prato is a dense urbanized area which has historically eschewed nature-based solutions. In addition, when such solutions have been implemented, they have focused on more privileged areas. Designing new solutions, inclusive of all the city residents and especially vulnerable residents, required approaches, visions and skills which were historically absent at local level. The city had little experience of engaging with vulnerable groups on sustainable urban issues. Within Prat Urban Jungle, Prato is seeking to develop its regeneration programs and urban forestry strategy one step farther by focusing on specific vulnerable neighborhoods. In Makarot Zero, the project builds on the Prato Green Deal financed under the ERDF program of the Tuscany region from 2014 onwards. This area has been the center of the fast fashion sector, but many buildings had fallen into disrepair. It is known now for its high proportion of Chinese immigrant workers and residents. Regenerating Macroloso Zero has involved the selective demolition of industrial buildings to create new public open parks, squares and gardens, natural areas accessible to all. In addition, the urban forestry strategy seeks to plant trees in every neighborhood, but especially in the socioeconomic vulnerable ones, thus benefiting everyone. The project is greening the environment around social housing in the San Giusto neighborhood, built in 1992 in Via Turchia. It is a relatively deprived neighborhood. A vertical garden with a new entrance, pergola and social spaces in a new garden setting will be constructed. 
it is the first time that such a vertical garden solution is being constructed for social housing buildings. The project has increased the permeable and green surfaces by 14,200 meters square with the creation of urban jungles in two public pilot areas of the city by transforming yards, roofs, buildings, walls, barriers, etc. into green features. The project has also transformed 4,800 4, meters square of vacant industrial grounds and surfaces into green gardens with the creation of a network of vegetable gardens. Main recommendations coming from our experience are involve citizens supporting their environmentally friendly behaviors through gamification and real-life rewards by local businesses and producers. An incentive-based citizen engagement scheme enables the achievement of broader environmental objectives. Promote an environmental education and culture cap capable of understanding the importance of green in our cities through activities such as urban walks, seminars, talks, courses, and toolkits, all aiming to underline the importance of trees and biodiversity in our urban environment. In addition, promote awareness raising activities in schools in order to educate a responsible and sustainable generation of citizens. Empower citizens, associations, and local businesses to promote urban greening by presenting an urban forestry initiative or through direct donation. This requires a new strategic approach to urban planning. Uh, in addition, and coming to the end of this uh, registration, in Prato we have developed a platform, Prato Forest City, allowing every citizen to monitor and actively participate in the actions of the City Council for the promotion of urban green. Our third guest is Beatrice Garcia from the city of Getafe in Spain. She shares with us the experience of the EPU project, collecting and using data in a predictive way to reduce the energy crisis and address energy poverty more efficiently. About the context of the project, Getafe is one of the largest cities in Madrid region and one of the most important in the southern metropolitan area. It has more than 183,000 inhabitants 8,000 companies and is formed by 11 neighborhoods. The situation among these neighborhoods is diverse in terms of energy expenditure, buildings quality and socio-demographic conditions. In Getafe, studies show us that the economic vulnerability is concentrated in the most vulnerable sections in terms of energy and housing. We have identified areas with a low energy consumption among which are the neighborhoods where EPIU, the UI project, is developed, Las Margaritas and La Londiga. The low energy performance of these municipalities is intensified in these neighborhoods due to their socioeconomic circumstances. Most of the urbanized land was built between 1960s and 1980s, with low standards of quality and energy efficiency, and approximately 48% of the dwellings have no heating system. The households are mainly inhabited by groups of people at risk of social exclusion, migrants, elderly, and unemployed people. The main objective of EPIU is to identify, address, and fight hidden energy poverty. Innovation lies in the change in energy poverty attention, going beyond monetary poverty. And we are doing that by using an innovative approach, going from reaction to prevention using data. We are developing the Energy Poverty Intelligence System, which is a data analytics system that collects information on energy consumption, income, and other factors determining energy poverty. The system includes a predictive model that clusters energy poverty vulnerable groups by social, demographic, and physical characteristics. Once potentially vulnerable homes 
have been identified, the housing municipal company assesses the implementation of tailor-made solutions for both heat and cold energy poverty, for a selection of homes, buildings, and neighborhoods affected by energy poverty. All the beneficiaries are advised by a transversal service for energy poverty attention, which addresses the cases detected by the model. In EPIU, we create a new public service specifically designed to mitigate energy poverty, thus facilitating a fair energy transition. We have launched the Healthy Homes Office, a service for energy poverty attention, and it has been an absolute success. It is already making a big impact in a timely context of soaring energy prices and social concern about this issue. Furthermore, we innovate by applying new methods to detect hidden energy poverty in a comprehensive way, making the transition even more equitable. Let me explain why. Identifying hidden energy poverty is far from trivial. There are households that do not spend a significant share of their income to cover their energy need because they must prioritize other expenses, such as food. We don't know who they are or where they live. We consider energy poverty as a transversal goal, not just as a social services matter. As a result, EPIU project doesn't only target monetary poverty, but rather it focuses on reducing the household energy footprint, making it more affordable. Having high-quality data and an accurate data analytic tool allow us not only to offer a preventive service, but also to provide the right recipe for each household. In this sense, the EPIU project proposes a methodology based on tailor-made solutions that facilitates a more efficient and effective housing renovation wave. In the public sphere, innovation using artificial intelligence is very limited, and therefore, there is a huge potential for replicating this innovative model in other social-oriented public services. The impact achieved by EPIU goes beyond the scope of the project of the topic. We are focused on energy poverty, but our methodology can be applied in other domains. This innovative action gets us out of the comfort zone at all levels. It is true that development of this kind of projects entails an important effort and indeed are different from all the rest of the projects we are used to. Nevertheless, the kind of ideas we can be proven generate added value to the territories and entail very interesting opportunities. Innovative projects bring us opportunities for our citizens that we cannot miss in our municipalities. As we all know, in any project, there is a gap between the plan and the reality. But in an innovation project, the difference is huge. Since our project starts, we have to deal with a pandemic situation or an energy price crisis. Now, for the implementation of the works, we have to face with the market situations, supply problems, staff storage, and price increases. So the main recommendations for other cities would be, you have to be open-minded. We hope you enjoyed the experiences shared by our guests. We published a report available on the Knowledge Lab of the UIA website. You will find there more information about accessibility and affordability for green transition in four policy areas, climate-friendly urban planning, sustainable energy, sustainable housing, and sustainable mobility. There, we also described 15 barriers to just transitions and five promising practices captured by 11 cities of the UIA and UBAC programs. Last but not least, we provide a roadmap for any city interested in developing just transition policies and actions. Thank you very much for listening, and we look forward to checking out how you are joining the journey to just transition. Bye.